again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, uh, great to be with you, sir. Yes, as well. Good to be with you, too. I know that this is our first call in a long time that we haven't done simultaneous uh, video cast and, uh, and uh, audio as well, but I think we're going to burn the audio and then actually just put it up so people could click it and listen to it on Facebook anyway. Right, and then obviously those that subscribe to our podcast already get it anyhow. So if you're uh, yeah. listening to this online, uh, I want to encourage you to uh, subscribe to our podcast. That way it gets sent to your favorite device uh, without you even having to look it up. It will just be uh, right there for you. So, yeah. uh, Allie, what is the, what are, what, what's the uh, hot topic that uh, we need to discuss today? Well, of course, I mean, the hottest topic of the century, right, is pretty much the coronavirus and what's going on with that. Um, I, I read so much chatter online on, like, the martial arts school owner forums. You know, uh, people are worried. I have a friend every night text me, like, right before I go to bed. I, I just got kind of tired of me. I didn't even answer him. Um, some cryptic, you know, messages like, it's going to happen. It's happening now. I'm like, oh, Jesus, let's just let it go. I mean, the media has got everyone in such a frenzy. I don't know about you, but, like, what are your thoughts on this entire thing? I mean, it's like everyone – like, even my fiancé, Nicole, she was panicked yesterday and uh, really anxious and sad because all she's doing is hearing stuff on Facebook and, you know, the media. And crazy. So what are your thoughts? Right. Well, my – yeah, my wife was, my wife and I were talking. She said, do you really think it's uh, worse because it's an election year? And I said, you know, I don't know that it, it, it would matter whether it's an election year or not. I think that whatever – uh, topic the media can uh, hone in on and make news on, they're going to. And most of it is, uh, uh, again, I don't want to belittle people that have died. I don't want to belittle right. the fact that this is a super flu virus, really, is what I'm not trying to belittle it at all. Right. But um, that being said, you have to put those things in perspective. And just like whether you like our current president or not, he just made an announcement the other day, you know, that people are overreacting. And if you take a look at this, and I'm, I'm not quoting him verbatim, you'd have to go look at his right. tweet. But, you know, right. and I think he actually made a physical announcement too. But the fact that it's being overplayed, and if you look at statistic-wise, right, he didn't say this. He didn't say it's not a big deal. He said, but statistic-wise... Right. Basically, he was saying it, it, it's it's nothing to get that worried about. Um, well, I mean, so that well, being said, I think it's it's legitimate that we as business owners need to take a look at it and decide: do we address it or do we not address it in our school? Right. And then, if right. we are not going to address it, why not? And if we are going to address it, how do we go about addressing it correctly? Well, I'll give you a few a few things that I think. Number one, I do absolutely think that it has been blown out of proportion because it is a political year. Um, because they, you know, if if the virus and things happen that are bad, um, they'll easily blame it on the president. Hopefully, that would not get him reelected. So, I mean, with that being said, it's just a t typical political play. I mean, and it would be done, um, you know, on a Republican side if we were if we had a Democratic president. It's just politics. It's just nasty, dirty, and disgusting. Right. But um, right. the other thing that I find that's so sad is that without any real regard for, um, you know, for the population, because people are easily led and, you know, there's mass hysteria, um, the media is not really doing their due diligence of really watching out for people. You know what I mean? Like overall, we should be doing whatever we can to calm people's fears, right? So, um, and they're not doing that. They're just feeding into them. They're doing whatever they can in their power to make people nervous. And the other day, Greg, my student was online, and the people were literally fighting over Clorox wipes. They were ready to get in fist fights, and they were going to punch each other in the face because one person took the person's wipes, and they bought two packages, and the other person couldn't get a package. And I mean, there are supermarkets that don't have toilet paper on the shelves. Like, what are people going to do, lock themselves in their house and just, you know, use toilet paper? Like... I don't understand it. It's crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, you know, I just don't understand the whole entire concept. But, but um, yeah, so what are we doing? I mean, I don't know if you, Dwayne, have been getting this, but, like, most all of the mass companies are sending out emails. 
like to kind of curb people's fear that that company, whether it be Walmart or um, Whole Foods or Stop and Shop in my area, they're they're assuring people that they're cleaning and they're disinfecting and their employees are not sneezing into the food. You know, like kind of common sense stuff that it just, I don't get it. I'm just a little lost at how this is even being done. Right. Well, I will say that, uh, common sense to us is not necessarily common sense to everyone right. else. So we got to take that into consideration, number one. Um, yeah. Number two is I don't think it would be a wise decision as a professional studio to not right. address this issue so that your clients, your, you know, customers or your students, right, so that they're, uh, they're aware of the fact that you you know what's going on, and not only right. do you know what's going on, these are the precautionary measures that you are taking. By the way, yeah. um, as a human being, you yourself, to be a responsible party, need to kind of take these precautionary measures as well to make right. sure that, you know, you're not spreading anything as uh, too. Now, all of it, all of it is... The same stuff that we got brought up on, you know, wash your hands after you do this and blah, 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 blah. Don't, you know, you know, don't sneeze. If you sneeze into your hands, then you go wash them. If you sneeze into your, your, the crook of your arm. I mean, just all of those things are, are stuff that we grew up on that we were taught, uh, that is common sense. But I think it's kind of like, you know, the topic that we've talked about before. Is it common sense that martial arts builds character and, and, uh, uh, right. You know, teaches self-defense and focus. and Yes, it is. But our students, before their students, need to be told that right. that's what it does to make right. sure that they know. And, you know, as a good, if you have a good product and you are a good steward of that product, you have to continually remind your customers why they bought your product. Right. Even though so it I'm, should I'm, be common sense. We have to do that well, now, I believe, with the coronavirus. Yeah, but I'm a little confused. So, okay, so let's pretend that, you know, and there's a guy in my town, I won't mention his name, but he's kind of showing videos of uh, his school, um, uh, you know, washing the pads and taking Clorox wipes, and he's going, here we go, look, we, we, cleaned our, we clean our pads on a regular basis. And my, my point is that, you know, we're a contact sport. So, like, how in the world would washing your hands, um, you know, or putting on uh, disinfectant, you know, the class, we get it, we, we were grappling the other day. I'm thinking to myself, well, this is the perfect area for anything, you know, that we're going to do. We're touching each other. We're punching each other. We're around each other. It's going to happen. It's all the other stuff that is what's going to stop it. Like you said, the common sense after you're done, you take a shower, you wash your hands, you know, put Purell on or whatever. Those are the things that may stop it once you've touched someone and may have it. Um, but um, this is where I think that the mass hysteria. I mean, I actually have been in my school for the last four days, and no one seems to care. Like, none of these parents were – everyone's shaking hands. No one's really doing the old elbow bump, fist bump, knee bump. Like, no, no one's doing that. Like, people, I'm like, what do you guys think about this whole virus thing? They're like, it's, it's no big deal. Like, I think the media is right. making people think that everyone thinks it's a big deal. Right, and I think that everyone is getting caught up in the frenzy. Right, I, I just don't, I don't know if it's as real as everyone say it is. Like as far as fear, people don't seem to be as affected by it. Maybe it's just New Yorkers, I guess. I don't know. Well, I do think well, that higher populated cities uh, might have, and studios that are in those cities uh, might have a a harder problem or a bigger uh, problem than than me. Um, right. You know, not being in, I'm not in Chicago. I'm about 60 miles south of Chicago. So right. I'm not right. Yeah. So, and, and so that. But you have 200, 250, 300. You have three over, you know, almost 300 plus students. So, I mean, if there's a breeding right. ground for anything, it would certainly be <laughs> in, in your studio or, you know, because there's a mass amount of people. Like I heard just recently that Washington um, just recently said any gatherings of, uh, 300 people or more is off limits, which is, which is blows me away that they would actually do something like that. But, and I guess if, if, if containment is, is a smart thing, if that's what they feel that's going to contain, 
the virus. You know, I, I guess that's smart. Sure, you know, but two ninety nine isn't gonna two ninety nine isn't gonna breathe. Right, right, the exactly. Virus. Like two fifty, I mean, two hundred and fifty people wouldn't work, or you know, is it yeah. a, like it, it just you know, it just is weird at how it seems to me like it's just like literally placating the masses to keep hysteria down, and uh, I think that that's the, that's the real scary part that bothers me. It's to see how mm-hmm. people act in situations like this, you know. But I haven't had parents. Like, I'm getting people all the time calling me up, signing up for trial classes. Like, I would think, if anything, that would be the slowing up, right? You know, A deterrent. Uh, yeah. Yeah, deterrent. Like, maybe we'll wait for a month or so until the virus thing is done. No, they're like, hey, I'd like to have my three-year-old come in and do classes with you. Like, they're not – it doesn't seem to – I mean, it's slowed down slightly, but my like my tournament circuit, that's – really dead right now. I don't know what the heck's going on with that. I mean, I normally have 200 plus competitors signed up. I have about like 39. I have nine people and then I have like 30 season pass holders. Um, so it's well, dead. even it's the airline dead. Yeah. Even yeah. airlines, uh, their, their rates are lowering and also right. they're canceling flights. I mean, I, I, uh, I've got uh, a flight coming up and um, I went, back in and just moved my flight from leaving at five o'clock in the morning to six o'clock in the morning. And I did that for my wife's ticket as well. And it was a reduction in $165.80 per ticket. So that's over $333 or whatever that is that we have a credit now on our, our airline to use. We got to use by the end of the year, which will be no problem. We'll use it. But, um, so even that, I, I I was like, man, I'm gonna go look at this flight and see if they drop because yeah. if I can move it, I I know that I can get it, I can get money back, you know. Right, and you know so what though, I um, it's happening all around. That I that I can almost see. I mean, planes seem to be like incubators for illness, right? Like I've I've flown all over the world. I've been on seventeen, twenty two, twenty four hour flights, and you know, you're sitting in this little canister. Um, everyone's coughing and, and, you know, they're just, it's all, the air is stagnant. So I can understand people with flights being a little nervous. You know, that I get why the fear is a little bit worse off. But, um, but see, I'm wondering. I mean, I, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a fatalist, though, because I believe when, you know, when my time is up, my time is up. You know, I think God yeah. already knows when that is. It, exactly. Besides me being stupid and going step in front of a truck, you know, right. uh, <laughs> I, I I guess yeah. he would have known that I was going to do, be stupid, you know. So right, right, right. I just if I'm a, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it, you know. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. I know, I know, and and that's the thing. I think that it depends on how what your philosophy is, but but at the same time, so you're putting protocols in place. Um, are you sending out that mass letter to your population saying, "Hey, look, you know, we clean, we wash every day. We don't really have to change our procedures." Because honestly. We haven't changed our procedures because we're pretty clean anyway. That's part of our protocol. That's why we've never had, and we're a grappling school, ground fighting school. We don't really have, I think we might have had one case of ringworm in 30 years, and that had nothing to do with us. It was a guy who was a wrestler who brought in and he had it. You know what I mean? So, yep. it's a, like, what yep. are you doing just to, like, almost, like, say to people, like, this other karate school is going, look. Here's a video of me cleaning the pads. Here's a video of me doing this. And it almost seems ridiculous and redundant to almost put it in people's heads, you know, and, and, and well, yeah, I don't think you need to make, yeah, I don't think you need to make a video, just an email that outlines some things. Um, and I put together an email and basically, you know, it says, uh, you know, TriStar parents and guardians, uh, students and, and, um, uh, as students and staff, uh, safety and well-being is our highest, pri- uh, highest priority. With the uh, recent elevation discussion regarding, or elevated discussion regarding Corona, we want to take a moment to reinforce best, best practices, uh, right. preventative safety measures. So please, usually, please use the following everyday preventive actions that can help you and others from getting and spreading respiratory illnesses, including, and then I just go through. You know, your 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 child should stay home if he or she is sick until 24 hours yeah. of them no longer having a fever, you know, without symptoms, those type of things. Uh, right. Covering coughs and sneezes with a tissue. Uh, washing hands with soap and water. You know, staying home if you've been exposed to uh, a family or a household member who is sick. 
uh, covering your nose and mouth with a uh, mask or cloth if you are sick and around or at mass gatherings uh, in your right. community. You know, please consult your health care provider if you have a concern for yourself or family member that shows symptoms of illness, and, uh, you know, consult advisors when uh, preparing to travel outside the country, particularly yeah. to uh, already in impacted areas. I said, as a studio, we are also taking more precautionary measures. Before each class, our instructors are using hand sanitizers. Uh, that way, any germs uh, on their hands will, will be minimized before the next class. Of course, we will continue to clean the bathrooms with Windex for the mirrors and pine saw uh, for the walls and floors and toilets. Uh, we right. also will continue to clean the mats every single night with this product. And I give the product and I list what it kills. And then lastly, yeah. we just purchased uh, a product called the Ozone Generator Air Purifier. It's an ionizer, ionizer, ionizer and deodorant, uh, which we'll, we'll, we will run once a week overnight. It improves the air quality, helps the uh, breathe fresh, cleaner air, redu reduces dust, allergens, and other irritants. So cool. it just says cool. we at TriStar know that um, – uh, we at TriStar want you to know that we take these kinds of things seriously. Still, it's important to prevent any fear-mongering in an age where there's a lot of fake news about the coronavirus. Uh, right. We will keep a pulse on this situation in our area by following reputable sources like the CDC and proceed accordingly. Thank you, uh, Professor Brummett. That's a good letter. I think that's a good letter. It kind of just states what you do. And it's almost like years ago I, I did this thing called um, – did you know? It was like an article that I'd write, did you know? And then it was about that, you know, Long Island and Jitsu Centers has been around for, you know, 28 years. Did you know that Shion Alley trained in Japan? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was more like, you know, just giving me a voice to be able to chat about what we do. And um, so this is kind of a, a, almost yeah. in a way something like what you're doing there is this is what you do anyway. Your best practices are cleaning the school and making sure everything is maintained. You know, you're doing this regularly, so for the well-being of your clients anyway. So now's a good way to voice that, you know, and, and tell people this has been common practice almost all along. Yeah, I mean, the ionizer is the only thing that's going to be new, but I wanted to buy that anyhow uh, because yeah. I wanted to see if it takes out. I've heard that it, it'll help me keep the reduction of the smell. <laughs> right. Even though we clean, right. there's st it's still a gym, right? So if yeah. that works, then that's going to be even better. But um, I just thought, you know, now would be the time to purchase it, and and I can use this as a as a, an extra thing that we're doing, even though you know, obviously, it it doesn't kill any viruses at all. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know what? Then again, the one thing too that everyone's missing on this is like, even though that we're talking about, and and again, when you started your conversation, you said something like. This is not to downplay the death of anyone. Like, you know, it, it, it's, you know, because people have died from the coronavirus. So, like, if we pretend right. like um, it's not so bad, all of a sudden we're, like, hypocritical and we're downplaying uh, the death of people. It's almost like saying, listen, cars are becoming more and more safer, right? You know, but now we're, we're playing down the five or ten people that got killed in a car accident. That's not at all the case, right? We're just talking with reality about what we, you know, what we see, you know, so um, the coronavirus from what I've read and all the statistics, there's thousands and thousands of people that have already been cured from it, that got it and are healed. Um, there are so many people that, uh, you know, it's not, they get them and it's nothing more than a sniffle and a cold and then they're better. So it really all depends on the immune system. I mean, there are way more deaths right now in the United States and around the world of the flu. The regular so, flu, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so people, we're not, why are we not worried about that? Why weren't we shutting down the, you know, the Nassau Coliseum or the Madison Square Garden event because the flu was going around? You know, like, I don't understand, like, why all of a sudden this is the newest hype thing right. that everyone's talking about. It just, it's weird to me. It's just so odd that uh, I, I know, people do that. Yeah. I, I get it, but we can't, uh, you know, we can't negate people's feelings. We have to, right. we have to uh, let them know where we stand, that we are aware of it. Right. These are the precautionary measures. You know, I, of yeah. course, I didn't put in there, if, if you choose to keep your child at home, we understand. Because I right. don't understand, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. that type of thing. Uh, 
So right. I didn't put that in there, and but that's why I put right. in the whole fake news thing because I I, I yeah. want them to know kind of where I, right. I I I sit on this subject. But I am mm-hmm. also compassionate, and we're ready, you know, if right. we be that type of thing. But right. I will tell yeah, you totally. that my uh, I, I you know I I talked to you or uh, you you've known in the, in the past that I meet with two other business owners that are in this town. We meet biweekly, and one of them. He owns multiple businesses, but one of the businesses he owns is a uh, um, limo and, and bus company. And okay. you know, he's got some big, big uh, corporate places that use his um, services, and especially for the limo. And it's down right now because they're not flying out of the country. They're you know staying home. They're doing things over the internet, right. you know, because of this virus. So he's being affected. The other guy. The other guy owns a um, well. One of his businesses is a um, uh, uh, vitamins and and it's supplements and minerals and all those things. Um, and there's a big conference that was supposed to happen last week in California. And yeah, you know, this is the biggest conference in you know his industry, and they right. canceled it. Yeah, and they canceled yeah. it. Yeah, I mean we were talking about. The fact that how much money he spent. So he buys the, the stuff for the table and buys all the product and has it shipped there. So he's only paying shipping, uh, you know, to get it there. And he gives away all that product and everything. He goes, I never bring anything home because it would cost me more money to bring it home. So I make sure I give right. everything away. Well, well, now he's trying to figure out, okay, how much money is this going to cost me to send all this stuff back to me? And he's already right. $30,000. He's already $30,000 in, in the hole with this yeah. whole thing. Yeah. You see, this you know? is where I think kind of it, it, if the news media is really behind a lot of this hype, I think that they, they should be held accountable, honestly, if it, it's not really as bad as it seems. But that's never going to happen. This is where, yeah, it'll never happen, but it's amazing. But, yeah, you're right, though. Everyone is looking at it. and we're trying to mitigate our losses or make sure that people understand that we're doing everything that we can um, in our power to make sure it's safe and clean and, um, you know, for our students and all the clients that are there. So, you know, we, we are always washing, cleaning. The other, yesterday I was, you know, with the Clorox bleached wipes, I was washing down the tables and the, and the door handles just so people could kind of see it as class are going on. But it didn't seem to affect anyone, and they seem to be okay with it. So I, I like your approach. I like your letter, and um, I think that that's great. So good for you, and um, I, I hope that everyone else will follow suit and kind of keep the fear-mongering down, but at the same time, uh, you know, make people aware. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely, so. because I just – I want them to see us as being proactive. We are proactive, but I want them to know that we care about them. And we will take the precautionary measures. That's kind of like with the last line where we say, you know, we, we are going to, you know, keep up on what the CD, CDC says. That's where we're going to get our information from. And, you know, until then, that's, you know, this is where we're at. Right, right. Hear anything Good different. for you. That's awesome. Very, very cool. So, so then we, we also said we wanted to chat because it's kind of interesting. I just saw this new phase or or trend that's going around where I see this new new thing where, you know, they had the uh, ice bucket challenge and now they're doing something, and this has nothing to do with charity, but they're doing like pie in their sensei's face day at the school. Oh, really? Um, and, and I'm like, what the heck is going on with our industry? Like, and I asked people, I posted it on our martial arts school owner talk page and we got such a major response about how they, people don't think that, you know, there's a few people said, oh, it's no big deal. You got to let go of the ego, you know, that kind of thing. And then, but the majority of people were like, no, nah, I don't agree with it. And then I posted it on my personal page and asked just general population these questions. And I got a very similar response that I wouldn't have expected from the general population that I would from instructors where people thought that it was, you know, degrading the art. It was disrespectful to the teachers and it was kind of like a dog and pony show, you know, that kind of thing. One person equated right. something like this to having, you know, a, a clown, um, you know, a clown as your mascot, you know, like McDonald's. It sells a lot of, it sells a lot of food. However, it's not fine dining, you know. So what do you want to be? Do you want to be the fast fooder or, you know, the McDojo or do you want to be the fine dining restaurant? So what are your thoughts about the allure of martial arts, the mis- 
mystique of it? Like, what makes it special? Because I know that I was brought up on watching movies like, you know, Chuck Norris movies and Bruce Lee movies and Kung Fu theater where, you know, you're at the temple, you're, you know, your sensei was special, you know, and now it seems like we're a commodity. We're, we're just a, you know, everyday activity and we're fit in. We, we fought so hard to fit in with the masses and now that we're in there, we're just another activity. So, you know, hey, you don't want to do karate, go, go to soccer, go to baseball, you know, that kind of thing. Gymnastics, you know, Ninja Warrior gym, gym uh, competitions, you know. So what, what are your thoughts? Well, that's absolutely true. We are uh, an activity. And um, it's our job, and it would take more than just this call. But it, and we've kind of talked about it a little bit in another podcast. But it's our job to make sure that they know it's not just an activity, you know. That and and so you have to, your program and your curriculum, uh, your your floor. I mean, everything has to show that. That being said, you know, part of it is I agree with you. You know, when we grew up, we watched all those Samurai Sunday uh, shows. And we right. saw these amazing feats that were happening. Um, and we, alongside of that, believed part of, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I believed that mysticism, like that, that they could fly. They could do those things right. when I was a kid. And then when I got a little older, okay, I knew they couldn't fly. But, you know, from that, I was like, oh, but they can do these things. And, you know, right. they can punch somebody and the person goes you know, three feet and all this other stuff. Not that Bruce Lee couldn't yeah. do that. Uh, right. You know, but that was, that was a demo um, yeah. with that. So I think that there was so much mystique with that back then when we were growing up that we held on to that. And that's not true today. And I'm not saying because of um, MMA, I would say in addition to, MMA, also wrestling, right? that has helped to break, which I think in some cases is good, has helped to break some of that um, mystique that, you know, these ancient guys were, I don't want to say gods, that's not what I mean, but they were yeah. all powerful, you know, because um, really, I mean, when, when you think about it, that's kind of how I grew up first with it was like, wow, these guys are these guys are magical, you know, that type of thing. Right. And a lot right. of that proven was, was proven not to be true. Um, and, I, and I think to the benefit of us, that's good, meaning that, uh, you know, there is technique, there is practice. And I'm not to, not to say, like, okay, look, I know that martial arts teaches self-defense, but if you only do martial arts for four years compared, and I'm, you know, in, in totality in most cases, and compared to somebody that's been doing it for 20, I think in most cases the guy that's been doing it or the girl, whatever, has been doing it for 20 should be able to, in most cases, defend themselves a lot better than somebody that just did it for four years. Right. But um, also, though, I don't know that we were taught, like, self-defense, like real self-defense, when I, when I first went through it. I can tell you that me personally, by the time I got my second degree black belt and the art that I got it in, um, you know, I was great at point fighting. I was uh, phenomenal at forms. I was, uh, I was really good with the self-defense that they taught me. But, you know, if somebody would have grabbed me in a headlock or got me on the ground and, you know, a bunch of other scenarios, uh, I don't know that I would have known how to handle myself. And so there are, you know, some... Uh, reality-based type things, I think, that were that was missing for me. I'm not saying that that's missing in all studios and, and or all arts, but there's, you know, so I think that fall, that helps to fall into why, you know, the, the master isn't the master anymore. They're just the mister or the miss. Right. I like that. That's interesting. That's a good quote. That's why you're not the master. You're just the mister. <laughs> That's a good one. Or the, or the mist. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or the mist, right? Yeah, so I think, though, that when we use terms like superhuman, what does that mean, though? I mean, it, does it have to be to the point of, like, being, like, Iron Man or Batman or, like, you know, Aquaman? Like, not that point. But, like, when you take somebody, whether they're a, a, a power lifter and you get a guy who can lift, 4,000 pounds, let's say deadlift 1,000 pounds or whatever it is, and then you take the average everyday person 
that can't do that. The average everyday person will look at that powerlifting and, and be amazed by it, right? You know, so so like a martial artist who's well skilled in you know uh, grappling and could choke people out, or you know, or a person who is a really good kickboxer, um, they're they're they are to some extent superhumans, right? Not superhuman with special powers, but they do have more ability and power than the average everyday person, right? So I think yeah. that somehow in our society we took away the allure, we took away um, the the mystique, we took away the credibility and the reverence to replace it with I'm just like you mentality. I'm no, I'm not a special person. Hit me in the face with a pie, you know. Like you know, I, I'm just a sensei that you know calls himself a sensei and happens to do this for a living. You know, I'm nothing special. Like, why would people want their children to be around us if we were just like average everyday people? Like, if we weren't superhuman or, you know, weren't weren't above and beyond or weren't highly qualified, you know, to do what we do to leaders and ethics and morals? Like, why would someone want their kid to emulate us? I don't understand that why we're watering down what we do and what we've done and how long we've done it. Like, I just don't get it. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, but I also think that that's, um, you know, a personal decision from the individual that has uh, developed their studio. Because I believe that the majority of people here, um, you know, still inquire about, you know, us and still, you know, say Mr. Brummett. I don't expect them to say, uh, you know, these other things, you know what I mean? Like, right. uh, call right. me this or call me that. I mean, my title is Professor Brummett, but, you know, it's, as long as they say Mr. Brummett, I'm good with that. In fact, you know, the problem for me is they'll call me Mr. Bean sometimes or Master Bean because that's, you know, he's the one that's teaching the majority of the classes. Right, right. Um, yeah, they just make I mean? a mistake <laughs> and it's just flipped out, right? I get yeah. that. But I, yeah. you know, I, I will straighten, like last night, you know, I, 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 there was a couple of kids that were messing around. I said, hey, guys, we're not doing that. And they said, oh. And then I stopped. I, and I just said, you mean yes, sir? Uh, yes, sir. Yes. You know, but I have no problem doing that because it's it's the way we do things here. So when I say that, I think that part of that is it's it might be the studio owner on, you know, allowing those things to occur. So when you let something small like that slip through, you are creating a precedent for that person because everybody, and listen, 99 or 98% of the individuals are going to raise themselves up to the lower standard that you accept. Right, right. You know, I'll say that again. Eight, 99 to 98% of the individuals are going to raise to the expectations and the lowest expectations that you expect. And so if you let that slide, the other people around, that person are going to be more than, more likely to not do that again, meaning they're not going to say yes, sir, or yes, ma'am, depending on who they're talking to. And right, you cannot let that slide. And if you allow, like I said, if you allow that in your studio, then that's what's going to happen. Um, so I think that's also, right. not only is it cultural because of the mystique and all those things that that are not there anymore. You know, martial artists aren't magical in most cases anymore. Um, but the individual themselves is not uh, demanding it, number one, but then two, in some cases, may not even be deserving it. So I always personally decided that I wanted somebody to respect me for my personality over my position. Because if they respect me for my personality, I will get so much out of them as, uh, as a, um, you know, as a student, uh, as a potential employee. I mean, all those things way more than if I, if I get them to respect my position. Right, right. And I think sometimes because of where we grew up, we expect them to respect us for our position. But they don't have the same history as we do. And we have to understand that to a certain degree. I'm not trying to belittle or take away from what we grew up with, but they're in a totally different uh, – they're, they're being raised totally different than we were. Um, right. So, like, so, so, so I was signing up a mom last night. I was signing up her kid. 
And she said, we were just talking, she said, yeah, I was in the grocery department, and and, and uh, this guy sneezed. He sneezed into his arm. I looked at him. I said, oh, no, don't be doing that. You Corona, you know, and his kid, it, the, she said it jokingly. She was laughing. The dad was laughing, you know, the one that sneezed. And but the dad's kid was looking at this woman like, oh, my gosh, this, this, this woman is angry type thing. Right. Well, we got into a beautiful discussion, her and I, about how kids are being raised right now. And the fact right. that uh, when we, at our age, try to talk to them like we were talked to growing up, they can't relate. So much so that they think we're angry or they think that, you know, something is wrong or, you know. There's a lot of things because they're not getting talked to like that at home. And, and quite right. frankly, they're not getting talked to that at school. Yeah. Yeah, the, it's the coddling so the, effect, right? Yeah, so there is, uh, there, there is something in the society that's part of that problem. Um, but I don't know that it has to be like that if we just turn it into, look, I want someone to respect me for my uh, uh uh, personality, not my position. And if they respect my personality, they'll respect the position. Does that make well, sense? Well, how, how about how about though the concept that we teach respect, right? So we're always saying, you know, in our schools, you know, we build black belts, right? And you know, we teach honor, integrity, you know, self discipline, focus, control. Well, how do you do that unless you teach it, right? You can't just expect somehow from you know a manifest manifestation of a lesson that people are going to get the point. Right, you know, so you have to almost make them lessons um, and, and teach them. Like when I learned in Japan how to act in front of my Japanese martial art teacher, what not to do. Don't put my hands on him. Um, you don't, you know, don't eat yeah. before he eats. You know, <laughs> ca- carrying his bags. You know, and you know, making sure that you hold doors and you wait, following him to the bathroom to make sure that he's okay in case you know something happened to him, someone attacked him. You know. So many different protocols that I learned by being around my teachers and other martial art masters in Japan that are just not taught. You know, it's not society uh, here because it's not part of our culture. So to teach the things right. about martial arts to to our students is um, is expected of us, but we have to teach it. You know, and we have to make sure that people understand why we do it so that they buy into it. And I think that that's important. It's like you know hitting. I would never hit my dad in the face with a pie. I don't know if you would you would want to hit your father in the face oh, with a pie. Oh my or, gosh. You know, no. so like why why would you want your students to hit you in the face with a pie? You know, like it, it just it just degrades and breaks down the whole very fiber of our um you know, our society. Like, you know, would you as a soldier, you know, allow your the general allow the soldier to smash the sar you know, the the general in the face with a pie? Never, right? It never no. happened. So I wonder why. But then some people like. But that's not that's not the way that it. But that's not the way that our industry is looked at anymore. Right. So that's my point. We've uh, ruined. Right. You know the the new age martial artist, the new age way, the modern approach to the hey, let go of the ego, buddy. You know you're you you think you're more than you are kind of attitude or like what's the big deal? You know it, it's just a pie. You know. Like, you know, that kind of attitude, just like, you know, us letting kids run amok and, and coddling them by like, hey, buddy, you know, it's okay. You know, everything is coddling rather than a stern talking to. Like, I had a kid in my sparring class last night that he every time someone threw a punch at him, he, he flinched and he turned around and he covered up. I'm like, dude, you need to break out of that. You know, you need to snap out of it. You know, like, I, I could have been like, it's like the parents, I find, it's okay. But, and by the way, he's like 12 years old. You know, it's okay, buddy. You'll get through it. Meanwhile, this kid is the shyest, timid, most afraid. He's afraid of loud noises. They make him cry. You know, so right. we got to train him. We got to teach him. We got to get him through this or else it'll, it's a waste of time. You know, so yeah, I, wonder, I, I, I wonder if we're I, destroying I ourselves. Yeah. Well, and, you know, so then the other thing is, you know, look, I'm not against drinking. All right. Uh, but, you know, you have these, these uh, owners that, you know, party with their students, you know, or they themselves are getting drunk, or even some of them are that are doing drugs and other stuff, you know, with their adult students and stuff. I mean, that that there, there's no respect, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Right. You, right. you know, having a drink with, uh, you know, maybe your 
you know, instructors, if they're, you know, obviously if they're 21 or older and you're at a restaurant or something like that, but going to a party and partying or having them over to your house to party and all that other stuff. See, there's, there's some, some things that I just think that lowers your credibility. And I, I think that that's a part of it. You know right. what I'm saying? And I just use drinking as, as, you know, one of those things, but I, I even believe foul mouth and, gossiping and cursing and all that other stuff. Yeah. Look, I'm not a goody two I'm not a goody two shoe. That's not what I mean. I'm just saying right. that lowers the respect level that people have for you. And especially in today's culture when the respect isn't just warranted because you have a master belt or whatever. Um right. it, it I really believe that it has to be earned. And you know, yeah. to your point where they should just do it they're not getting that at home sometimes. And so they don't understand that they right. should just do it. And that's unfortunately yeah. where we're at. Um, you know, we've had a call before where we talked about the martial arts as the last line of defense, you know, especially for our young yeah. kids, because we are, you know, one of the only sports that are strategically teaching discipline, respect, uh, uh, you know, all of those things that are missing, even just a, a, a handshake and looking somebody in the eyes a confidence and all that stuff. So, yes, we are that last line of defense, but we have to understand that our society is way different now than what we grew up in. But I will tell you, like, so I was teaching yesterday the three- and four-year-old class, right, and had a new three-year-old that was in, uh, and I have this other three-year-old who just likes to jump and spin. <laughs> right, That's what right. he does, yeah. Um, yeah. And this one, this one new kid was acting up, and I said, hey, you know, I said his name. I said, you, I said, you need to sit down. Well, this other kid that has been here for probably four months now started to move around that goofy. And I, I looked at him and I gave him that look. And I said, Nate, I said, that's one. I said, you know better. I said, now you sit down. And I could, I broke his heart. Like I could see him. Now, yeah, I know his history. His dad just died in, 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 uh, uh, December. So, you know, there, and so I'm sure not that mom isn't disciplining him, but I am sure that the, the hands are off a little bit. I also know that he's having problems at school. He has problems right. with female teachers at school. Uh, he, the, the principal he's never had a problem with because he's a male. And so right. um, I could see that he was heartbroken. And what I did was when it was time to do the first drill, I had Nate come up and demonstrate the drill. Because after that, he was kind of shut down. Like he wasn't doing stuff. And yeah. so I needed to let him know, look, buddy, I still love you, but you can't act like that. Right. So that was yeah. the way that I did it. Yeah. And I have no problem doing that, and I think it's important to do that. And you will quickly find out if you have parents that are going to be willing to let you, you know, talk to their kid like that and discipline them like that. You'll find that out pretty quickly. But that's for well, me. I, that's who I want here. Right, right. You want those type of parents that are going to – push the kids to, to listen and be better. I mean, I had a parent yesterday. He's got three unruly kids, really nice guy. We've been working with him a long time. And the kids have actually come around from being the most disruptive kids in the class to actually participating in the class. And uh, just the other day, he's got one kid in class, two kids sitting in the lobby. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, oh, they don't want to come today. I'm like, you shouldn't allow them. They're four and five years old. Like, you know, they're not in charge. You are. Yeah, I don't want to fight with them, and they've had a hard day. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, but you're not fighting with them. You're deciding for them. Parents got to stop thinking that they're fighting. Like, my mom is a funny character. She's 84 years old. When we, Whenever I give her my point of view, even if it's like her and her friend are having an argument and I, I supposedly side with the other person, my mom's like, all we did, you and I, is argue back and forth. I'm like, we're not arguing. I'm just giving you my opinion. You know? So I want you to share, share an opposite opinion other than your own. I'm not going to agree with you on everything. You know? So sometimes parents, so they won't hear you. They're just, they've got their mind made up. They're going to do it the way they do it. And our hands are kind of tied behind our back, so we can only do what we do to the best of our ability. Um, well, and I'll you tell know. you, I, some, of, some of the parents that I have butted heads with have been our, our, our best advocates afterwards. Yeah. And not I know. I remember we, in, we, in, we No, I was going to say that. we interviewed one of your parents, right, that said that, right? Yeah, exactly, you know. And uh, so it's tough, I think, you know, to, to, to do that. 
but we cannot allow um, we cannot allow what we don't want to happen in our classroom. And if that means that you're going to lose a student because they think you're too hard on their kid or whatever, of course you can try to talk it through. But if you have to let them go, then the, the best thing you can do is let them go. Now, right. I understand if you're, you know, one or two students away from, you know, not making bank, I get that. But I, I really believe now more than ever that having that standard and keeping that standard, even if that means you have uh, a few less students, and I honestly think it would be only a few, a few less, less right. students, is going to be to your benefit um, because you will attract other ones that, that want. And, by the way, you won't lose the ones that you want by putting up with the ones that aren't complying. Right, right. And you know what? You get rid of the few, and then you'll find that, that they were a fungus, a disease, a trouble, um, and they were keeping more people out or getting more people to stop than you thought, you know, because they people didn't want to be around them, you know, so that's the thing. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think our topic is quite interesting because, I, you know, I always look at it and I go like, uh, you know, what what is it at the point where we all of a sudden became so mainstream that, you know, and I'm not a big fan of dodgeball and, you know, things like that. I never would have in my life ever thought back in the day that I'd be doing Nerf Wars or, you know, things that like that. But, you know, some things we change and we adapt. But I wonder where we find, like, that we don't want as an instructor that reverence, you know. And I think that has a lot to do with martial artists and their lack of confidence, too. I believe that a lot of martial artists are like, oh, I shouldn't have an ego, you know. I, you know and, and they're right, you ego in a negative way. But confidence is ego, right? You believe in yourself. You know who you are. You know what you've done. You know your, you know, your accreditations of what you've done and how you, what you've earned. Um, you do deserve a certain level of respect. You don't deserve yeah. to have a pie smashed in your face. You don't deserve, you know, to be patted on the back and, you know, and that kind of thing or get disrespectful, snide comments. People should respect you, you know, that kind of thing. And you, Like I said, you, people who are argued on my post, they're like, well, what's the big deal? And I'm like, well, would you smash a pie in your father's face? And then, you know, they haven't commented back yet. But if sure. they were to say no, I'm like, why Why is it any different than the student smashing a pie in your face or, you know, doing whatever they do, that kind of thing, junk tanks? Now, when I was whatever. a teenager, I might have, but. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, true. You know? Like, yeah, you would have done it as a form of rebellion, right? You could get away right, with right. it. Right, but, you know, like, but at the same <laughs> well, time. I, would, probably, I wouldn't have got away with it, but yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, you, you'd get a beating. I was going to say your your father would have given you a beating. You know, so so that's with that mindset, like you didn't do certain things like that's why kids are so disrespectful these days or even everybody to police officers because there's no consequence. They, they're not like, what are you going to do to me? You're going to arrest me. You're going to you're going to beat me like, you know, they. but years ago, my dad was a cop. He said, you know, they would they would take someone around the corner and swat him a little, you know, like smack him in the face and teach him a lesson. And now people, they, you know, you don't do that. So everyone, no one fears authority. You know, people, you see all those YouTube videos of high school kids beating up their teachers. And, you know, I saw a picture yeah. of a, a football coach getting beat up by his football team outside of school after school because he was hard on them and he made them run and exercise. And, you know, they all got together and beat him up. Like, what what is going on? You know, it's because there's no consequences. So that's the that's a sad reality. There's no reverence. There's no respect. So that's the sad yeah, reality. Yeah, I think the other side of that, the other side of that coin, to that point is that not only is there no uh, reverence and or consequences, uh, I believe that the coping ability for the kids nowadays is diminished greatly. Their their ability to cope with situations, bad things, bullies, right, all of those right. things. Um, are totally worse than it's ever been before, and partly because of social media, but also the decline of everything that we just talked about. Uh, right. And so that plays in, I think that plays into it as well, where now, you know, we've got a child that is being told they're somebody when they're right. not doing anything. <laughs> and right. on top of that, they can't handle when somebody says, look, you're not doing 
this correctly um, or right. and or, you know, you, you need to do it this way or whatever. And so uh, they can't cope with it. And then they push the blame off onto the other individual. And that goes back to the responsibility part that it's your fault that, you know, I can't, well, they don't even say I can't cope with it. It's your fault that you didn't deliver it in a way that was culpable. Right, right, absolutely. And, you know, in our society, we see it all the all the time now with the younger generation where, you know, something doesn't go their way and they need counseling and they need a, a quiet space and, and you know, they, they, they'll sit there and scream and some of them get violent and they and they lash out because they're they're not capable of dealing with certain situations and they don't know how to control yeah. their emotions. Um and you know it, and it, honestly it, this is this is a this is a teacher me who's been teaching since I was uh gosh at least 20 and now I'm 46 going to be 47 with no psychological background or degree or anything like that. So let's I just want to preface that let's take that with a grain of salt when people are listening not that i don't think what i'm saying is true but i bet you if we were to have a uh you know psychologist or a psychiatrist on that we could talk to uh, they would be able to give us even more in depth a, a bigger insight of what the what the problems are nowadays compared to you know what they were when we grew up right absolutely um, but I, but I don't know. Like, is society different? Like, are there are there more? Yeah, I guess there are more stresses due to our interconnection with media, social media, the computers. You know, people don't get away from it. Like every night, my buddy, I, I think I mentioned this in the beginning of the conversation. He's like, uh, he's got a cryptic message for me right before I go to bed. Like, the coronavirus is coming. It's here. Um, you know, be prepared. I'm like, Jesus, stop saying that. I don't want to. Think about that before I go to bed. Like, just let it go. And you know, well, but think about your think about your think about the apps on your cell phone that are popping up saying, "Hey, coronavirus, blah 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 blah." Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You got those apps. If you're if you got CNN, Fox News, ABC, whatever you got on your phone, that's popping up all the time. You know, at least once a day, telling you, "Oh, hey, there's new cases. There's new this. There's new that." Oh, absolutely. It even happens when you've got. yeah, the tornadoes in Tennessee last week. I mean, it pops up on yep. your phone. So how can yep. you can't get away from those things if you want right. to use technology. But the problem on top of that is that okay, so for you and I, we grew up, we we learned coping skills. You know, I don't I remember I remember getting beat up. I remember dealing with bullies. I remember, you know, <laughs> a bunch of things that I had to go through, I think that helped to make me the human being that I am. I had a dad that was right. hard on me. That I just a whole bunch of stuff, right? And when those, you know, now when I see those, they're, they're not alarming to me. It's not, oh, I'm not freaking out because I, now if I was, you know, 10 years old and I've not learned coping skills and all these things are flashing across my social media and all that other stuff, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, blah, blah, you name it. Yeah. And And they're congruent, right? Even though, even though the frequency and the congruency doesn't make it true, right? The frequency right. and the congruency of the message doesn't make it true. So you, you see the same thing on Instagram that you see on Snapchat, that you see on Facebook, that still doesn't make it true, yet the more congruent it is, we believe that it's true rather than investigating it for ourselves. Right. Now, you put that into a, a 10-year-old, or a 12-year-old or a 15-year-old, and now they have to deal with that. Right. Yeah. With no coping it's, it's mechanisms kind of, with, with, with no maybe some no groundedness. So yeah. that's where we are. Well, I know, and it goes back to, you know, the bottom line is I think that parents somehow believe that if they're hard on their kids, I mean, I'm not saying 1950s redneck hardcore like you're bash them in the face that they spilled milk like that crazy scenarios where hey 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 what's the matter what's the matter with rednecks man yeah yeah, you know what i mean right um but you know (laughs) you know like nowadays everyone is so like oh my god if if i force my kid to do martial arts and he doesn't want to do it you know he's gonna he's gonna be scarred for life i'm like no be a parent and actually parent you know teach your children that they can't just do what they want when they want to. You got to start teaching them 
how to be people, as be strong-minded people. That's how they develop into strong, strong-minded adults. So, yeah, it's it's a weird dynamic. I mean, I, I wish I had a dollar, just one dollar for everyone who said, yeah, we're going to let our kids quit. You know, I'd have a few hundred thousand dollars in the bank, you know, with, uh, you know, in retirement because so many people in 30 years that I've been in business, you know, have come and gone. I mean, tens of thousands of students that, you know, never made it. And I have to tell you, like a good majority of those people, in fact, it's so weird. As I'm talking to you, I just got a text message from a kid who trained with me when he was like maybe eight or nine years old. And now he's in his 30s. He's going to come in tonight to do a class because he missed his training. And, and his message was, you know, my life has kind of gone in the wrong direction. And martial arts was always a good focus for me. And then I quit. And, you know, the typical story where they, they want back, they want back to those disciplines, those roots, the traditions that I taught back then. So, you know, it's, well, it's an hey, odd dynamic. Yeah, I, I just, uh, so I have a, an, um, an opening where I'm going to hire a new program director, right? right? And one of the questions, and I've got this elaborate thing, we should probably do an interview on this, uh, a call on this, but this elaborate yeah. thing that I've got set up in order to even get to me uh, before you get a, a face-to-face interview. But I did a phone interview last night with one and uh you know the the funny thing is one of the questions is and and i preface them i want two of the questions i am going to ask you on the phone there'll be other ones but two that you are going to get one is what do you know about the martial arts industry and two is what do you know about our company because i wanted to see if they're going to go do research right right and so the lady that i spoke to last night she said oh i'm just to be honest i didn't really know much about the martial arts industry or your company, but I did go and do some research. And I said, great, what did you find about the martial arts industry? And the cool thing was, is she, she said, you know, I, I didn't realize that, uh, you know, some people view the martial arts as a way of life. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was nice to hear. And that ties into what we're talking about, the fact that, you know, it, it is a way of life, but it is our responsibility to... Um, give people to buy into that way. And not everybody's going to buy into it like you and I did back in the day where, you right. know, it was just sensei, no sensei, and I'll wash the floors for you, sensei, and I won't eat until you eat, sensei. I mean, all those things, right? And, yeah. and I still do that with my own instructor. When 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 I go to his studio, you know, it's we, we, we go out to eat. I wait to sit down before he sits down. I wait to eat before he eats. I buy his food. I mean, I right. still do those things. My... Yeah. Students, you know, my, my instructors, you know, who are my students, I don't have them do those things. I don't. Right. Right. And, but why, and why so don't I've you? broken that tradition. Um, but why don't you? I don't, I don't want to burden them with that. That's why. So it, and it, quite frankly, it, I have more money than they do. Yeah. So I, I don't want to burden them. Not that we go out to eat all the time or whatever, but I just, I don't want them, I didn't want that to be a burden. And I didn't want it to be about Mr. Brummett. Like, I, di- I didn't want that. I don't, I don't need that. I want them to respect me for who I am. And if they decide to buy, and I've had them decide to buy before. But let me ask you this. Is it a bad thing to teach them? You know, I, it's almost, it almost feels like we're being disingenuous, right? Like, I, I sometimes find myself saying, Hey, guys, I'm telling you that you're supposed to treat your sensei this way. You know, you carry his bags, you do this, you, you don't eat before he eats, you buy him, you know, you pay for his food and, and so on and so forth. And, and then I go, but you know what? I don't really want that for myself. I'm just teaching you that that's the way you're supposed to act. You know, so I, because I, I, and it sounds disingenuous. It's almost like I'm telling them to do it because I want it. You know, I, I really don't want it, but I want them to learn that they should do it. So how else do we teach it by other than asking them to do it. Action. So, um, you know, it's kind of a confusing thing. So then will they do it? No, they won't do it because we didn't teach them to do it. So how do we expect it, right? So so it's hard. Like for my teacher, it was expected. You know, you know, he, he would pay right. sometimes. and um, But, but um, you know, he would for- sometimes we'd say, no, 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 we'll do it. And he'd force us. No, no, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm paying. Like he would make it a command, right? So... So, yeah, we, we have to teach those things, right? It's almost like we have to teach our kids at the dinner table to, you know, not eat before the, the head of the household starts to eat, the grandparent 
or the, you know, the great grandparent, you know, like those are the things where I think we're finding ourselves stepping away from the instruction because we don't want to impart it on our students because we, we feel like if we impart it on our students, then we're asking for it for ourselves. But in reality, then they miss out on the lesson, don't they? Yeah, no, yeah, I agree with that to a certain extent, missing out on the lesson. I, you know, yeah, but I, I don't know that I've been disingenuous with them just because I haven't taught them that. I do it, right? But I just haven't taught them to do it, so therefore I, I, I don't expect them to do it. Um, right. Now I, you I get thinking. It. Right. Well, I get it. So, like, well, I guess not, what I'm saying not, is, I'm trying to defend myself. I'm a hypocrite, but I'm not that big of a hypocrite. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but in your in your defense, I think that the majority of martial artists feel like, like just with a simple bow, and then they're like, you know, hey, hey, just call me Joe. You know, like. Okay, well, why? Well, I don't want to make them bow. It's, you know, it's just, I'm, who am I? You know, and they, they hide behind, and I don't know if intentionally hide behind, but they hide behind the mindset of, I'm going to be humble. I don't care. I'm just an average everyday person just like you. And then, but, but that's, and then we wonder why the level of respect has been decimated in the martial art business. And, and not just the martial art business, but, if everyone could talk to their parents, like I was, I went to visit my, my fiance, Nicole, I'll just say, you know, Nicole, but I just say fiance so people yeah. know her. Um, and um, uh, we went to visit her friend and um, they were, Nicole had to do something with her friend for like, they were signing some legal papers and Nicole was like a witness or something like that. But I sat and I talked to her friend's son, who was like maybe 18. And uh, the kid doesn't know me, never met me. He was like, a cocky, dropping every F-bomb, you know, cursing up a storm. I'm like, you know, saying like, you know, things in front of me that it, about his mom. Like, I don't give a crap what she says, you know. Like, there was no respect whatsoever from this kid in his body. Not even for his mother, but just like for me. He's never met me. He doesn't know if I curse and how he should be talking in front of me. You know, like, he just didn't have any respect because for most kids, that's just common talking like that, acting like that. And they've never been taught otherwise. Right. Right. So so we have to, I think, if we want it and we want to be treated with respect, we have to not command it, not demand it, but teach it and educate people on why they should do it, how come they should act a certain way, um, why they should pay for their instructor's food. You know, I like, for example, we had a, um, a guy from India. His son, his name was... Um, uh, Deepak was one of my students. He was a black belt. And, um, he, uh, his dad every Sunday or Saturday morning would bring, because I don't eat eggs, um, he didn't bring it for me, but he would bring it to my black belt instructor and say, hey, I bought you breakfast. And he'd bring me a coffee. And that was his culture. Like that was the cultural upbringing that he should bring an offering, a gift to say thank you and, and out of respect, show it and share it. And I thought that was magical. Like it, it's like we're lucky if we get Christmas cards on Christmas nowadays, right? We're lucky if right. we, yeah. you know, get, get a thank you nowadays, you know? Like, so to me, I think that how are we going to teach people to have their kids be respectful kids if we, if we don't teach them all the other things? And that's where I think the traditions of the martial arts are, are being lost, and I always argue with people about that. People think tradition is all about bowing and you know, antiquated cultures, but there's so many traditions of martial arts being lost, it's sad. So anyway, I mean, yeah, that's just my little I, rant. Yeah, no, I agree, because even military has its traditions, and, right. you know, there's certain things that you just don't do in the military, you know. But I will say, like, in the, in the Navy SEALs, it's a little bit different. I mean, while you're in the schooling, you know, you address people a certain way, but once you're, once you're, uh, not in that, you know, like, you know, our friend Kenny Bigby, he kind of said, you know, it's, it's, it's a little, a little more laxed. Um, well, the, amongst fields, amongst the fields, it may be relaxed amongst that, but you're certainly not a field now, and you're certainly not going to address your superior officer and be like, yo, what up, jerk? You know, like, you know, yeah, I'm not going to listen yeah. to you. You know, there's always that chain of command where, there's no way you would ever act a certain way. And, and the great part about it I love is that there's consequences because, like, you'll be brought up on a court-martial if you, you didn't listen or you did something without permission um, and uh, you just broke rank or broke 
code or, you know, that, that to me is a military art. We kind of forget that everyone claims to be teaching martial arts, but they're not teaching the martial part of the art. They're just teaching the right. art. And some of them aren't even teaching the art. They're just teaching sport martial arts or sport fighting. Um, so, so they lose out. I think that a lot of what we claim to be as, as schools, you know, teaching respect, respect and self-discipline and focus and control, we're not teaching that anymore. We're just teaching them how to kick and punch. And yeah, they're respectful. They're learning how to be respectful, but they're not really learning why and how, you know. So, I, I mean, I think a lot of that is being lost. But again, you know, we've talked about this, you know, and, and really have gone over that. And by the way, I just got another notice on my phone from the Foxwoods Casino um, in regards to the coronavirus. And they talked about they added on three, three, uh, 300 um, hand sanitizer stations, and they're going through what they're doing. Um, they're trying to make sure that people know that they're prepared as well. So I think everyone is doing it. Right. Now is the time to be in the business for hand sanitizers and masks. I mean, really. Oh, my God. And toilet paper. Yeah, but after that, man, the hand sanitizers and masks is going to drop off dramatically. Right, right, exactly. Toilet paper will and, still and nobody. Yeah, yeah, everybody's got to need some TP. All right, yeah, sir, exactly. well, uh, thanks for the call today. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, Dwayne, thank you. I'll talk to you soon. I hope the listeners enjoy it, and um, we'll talk real soon.